welcome to episode 120 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john how you doing john i'm doing all right i lost my first standard events in like a month and a half last night and i and i actually didn't even play magic today oh savage you just gotta lick your wounds after that ass beating or something oh i just well so you went like 2-1 didn't you i went 2-2 actually okay (laughs) 2-2 i lost my last round also which also didn't feel very good but whatever yeah uh I feel like my opponent got much luckier than I did, and I, uh-huh. I, 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 so I'm kind of a dick because I feel like that every time I play against him and I lose, but that's because as he's playing, I'm noticing like glaringly obvious things he's doing wrong, <laughs> and you're just bitter about it. I'm just I'm gonna point out right. Here's the thing: if you are playing with Deputy of Detention and Teferi Time Raveler against Scapeshift. You don't unsummon a goddamn zombie token of your opponent. You unsummon your deputy of detention because that kills all the zombie tokens, <laughs> right? Yeah. You especially don't unsummon a zombie token and then immediately tap out and cast an ethereal absolution. Uh, okay. Like, A, ethereal absolution, I don't even think is that good against scapeshift because when I'm going big, I go big, right? Yeah, I was going to say, like... like- I think that card is bad, but as I told him, like, because he was playing an exact copy of uh, BBD's standard deck right now. Yep. And he, like, I told him, like, that's not what that card's on the sideboard for. Like, BBD only plays Ethereal Absolution as an answer to vampires. Yep. Which is insane that you're using a six-man enchantment to stop an aggro deck, but yeah, it's Yeah, that deck's annoying as hell. It is. But it works really well, right? And he's yeah. and like he's like it seemed like it would be good. It's I'm like yeah, but it's only good because I'm literally doing nothing right now. <laughs> like, True. I had yeah. a I had a really sweet game one where I punished him for being bad because <laughs> he he wiped my board. He deputy of detention wiped all my zombies away and then attacked with his two heroes of precinct one and a uh, token. When I had three Field of the Dead and a Field of Ruin in play. So I Field of Ruined his land. And he's like, oh yeah, that's a thing. And I ate his Heroes of Precinct 1. That is tasty. It feels really good. Because ex- uh. most decks don't even play Field of Ruin. But I'm like, I'd rather play Field of Ruin than Blast Zone, as weird as that is. I think that's okay-ish. It's just a combo with the deck in general, right? Yeah. And like, I honestly feel like he just played poorly, and I just drew terribly for two games. Yeah. But what do you do? Besides be yeah. sad. I was sad. It's, a, it's okay. I salted out at playing draft, so like, I had a I, I had a deck that I felt was like okay-ish. Like it was fine. Like I got three wins out of the deck, but like I played a couple games and lost. Because I I don't know I, I I think I let him jimmy the last of those games, but the third game I was like playing it. I'm like, yeah, I've got this game, and my opponent just slammed a mythic, and I just it was like basically just over there. I just snap conceded. It just was like pissed off and left. Like <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever really done that before. Are there but... even any mythics in core set that are that backbreaking? Not really, but I, I think he played an Ajani or something like that. Okay, like... and started making the the. Um... The two twos, the two twos, or something like that, and yeah. like I just couldn't beat it. Like with my board state, I couldn't beat it because I was like an like I was basically an aggro deck that was just yeah playing pump spells and shit, and it was just like 
well, this is this is fun, and just like walked away. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've been there. I don't know. I, I just don't do that, so it was kind of like I was kind of annoyed at myself a little bit too. I mean, the I don't remember. I think it was the last set that they gave you a free draft, mm-hmm. or like I I used like my I used my free draft and I used something else. Like all I did, I drafted six different pods in a day. Like all I did was play. <laughs> And I did I my six pod, all I did was draft the deck and drop from the drop from the event. I just wanted the cards. Like I uh, rare I just rare drafted that fing set. Oh <laughs> so, my gosh. But yeah. I mean at that point I was just burned out and I'm just like, I'm just gonna do this just to do this. Yeah. Like I don't feel that bad because it's like I wasted like you know, five K gold on arena and it's yeah. like you I'll waste... get you back in a few days, and it's like, whatever. Yeah, you wasted the in-game currency that you earn anyways. Yeah, and I was like, just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I haven't had a, a seven-win draft this for a while now and stuff, and I'm kind of like, eh. But, and it's all me being terrible. Like, uh, I've, I've had some bad drafts here, man. Like, you would be disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I've but... also seen you draft decks that you didn't think were good but were actually okay i these were ones where it's like i took a long time to settle in and stuff like that kind of thing like there was there was one draft i literally changed my mind on my second color three times in pack two (laughs) in pack two yes (laughs) Uh. (laughs) like that's that's how bad it was we'll just say yeah um, but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if people should be listening to us about anything regarding magic right now. I mean, I don't know. Except that, except that I know everything about modern, I guess, but you know, you know everything about modern. Uh, yeah, I played unexpected results before it was cool. True. We, you need to find that deck list. I do. I need to find that deck list. So for those wondering, there is a Twitter post or something about from what the judge is. Uh, it's yeah, it's still, it's just like a Twitter judge tweet oh, yeah. thing from that, that yeah. like tweets questions and stuff from the GP floor and stuff like that. Yeah. It's super sweet because you like read some really interesting interactions and get to feel really smart. Yeah, but like one of the inter like they tweeted out the interaction that was at the four O table of the modern G- the modern GP right. Yep, and it was what is the interaction between unexpected results and Teferi time raveler? Yep. Yeah, whatever the little Teferi is, right? Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just like, yes, I, I did it. I predicted this. <laughs> but I'm, uh, yeah. And for those who are wondering, it does not work well for the person playing the Victor results. I mean, if you get hit, if if you hit a land every time, it it ramps you at least. Uh, yeah, four mana ramp. That seems sweet. Four mana ramp that returns to your hand. <sighs> I can recast it turns to your hand that's it's basically a it's it's a nature's lore with buyback yeah that it yeah it's that good <laughs> that can occasionally hit 15 15 flying that, that can occasionally <laughs> drop emrakul from blade shield classes <laughs> um but to be fair that's not the first time that i've actually seen a deck about unexpected results like kind of doing something i think there was a dude on cfb that was like experimenting was it wasn't there there was me also. Yeah, well, besides you. Like, I know. I'm just, someone I know. besides you also built the deck, and I remember we looked at it, and I'm like, I don't like their deck as much as yours. I think that was back in the standard version or something. 
No, this was like an actual factual modern deck. I remember. Was it okay? Like I, I just remember like like finding a dude wrote a deck list and he's like, this deck's sweet and it's fun. Maybe it was Jim Davis actually. And like we looked at it and like we're going like we're looking at it. And I'm like, I think his deck is worse than our build. Yeah. But maybe I don't know. Like our our build has a lot of restrictions too. So like of because like the purpose of the deck is like. I'm playing unexpected results as the deck, you know, yeah. and I will not deviate from that. So, well, he was too, but he was playing like serum visions and shit, which hmm. makes no sense. Like, you don't want to unexpected results into a serum visions. Yeah, I get it, but I don't get it. It's one of those weird things where it's like serum vision helps because it helps you find your unexpected results. Yeah, but serum visions is a horrible hit off unexpected results. Yeah, as to where something like a cathartic reunion like that card is great in the deck yeah it helps you dig and it's not a bad hit off unexpected because you have no. a lot of free things to discard yeah like literally free <laughs> like like so, cools yeah emrakul blightsteel classes you know world spine worm all that fun stuff yeah like i don't know it's i i will have to check out because they're doing like a deck tech on it aren't they uh the CFB mentioned that they they asked they actually responded and said, "What table is this at?" Because we'd like to do a deck tech if possible. I so, hope they get, hope they get that. Yeah, who knows if they get, like it was apparently at table twenty. So who knows if the guy who built the deck even wants to do a deck tech? Maybe he doesn't want yeah. to give away his secret tech. Come but on, man! Like, take your five really? minutes of fame. At, yeah, take it and run, man! Like. I would be, I would be like, yes, give it to me. <laughs> like, give I'm a narcissist me, already, daddy. All right. Okay. So, um, uh, after our last couple episodes, we kind of had them uh, a little more freeform. We tried those out. Um, so, uh, let us know how those ones went. But we're kind of going back to one of our topics this week. That's a little fluffier, we'll say. Um, what it says floof. Maximum fluffiness. So, um, we're kind of a set late on this, but I don't care. Um, we're not really a set late. Not really. Yeah, kind of, I guess. But like, like no, nothing new has happened, right? Because a core set was the last thing that happened. Yeah. And all course, all the core set was was here's three different Chandras of three different agents, and yeah. that's it. Like nothing Basically. else. So it's not like we're there is any lore or anything sweet, yeah, except for. Out. We learned about the racial profiling of goblins and their legitimate trade enterprises. And did they open their mouth to catch the bugses? Okay. <laughs> this is important lore. I, I'm sure. Okay. So, um, now that everything's kind of wrapped up with the with um, the Bolas arc and everything with War of the Spark and all that, um. We kind of did a early on. We kind of did an opinion of the Gatewatch, didn't we? And like maybe I think we did. I remember we talked about the lore and everything. I think we talked about the Gatewatch. Yeah, but um, probably. Yeah, but like probably in lots of insulting things. No, I think we were actually pretty high on it. Uh, maybe. But this was before we got the privilege of reading the line. Gideon at, Gideon said six packedly. <laughs> um. So, uh, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, but we just got to take a look at the whole Bolas arc and 
now that we've gotten through the whole thing, like kind of take a retrospective of it and look at it, you know, at the end and say, well, how was this? You know, because we kind of got the Gatewatch early on with their evolution and everything when we we talked about things. Mm-hmm. Like, so we didn't really get a good, hey, guys, here's here's what we can know about this. It was like it was a lot of speculation and we love speculating. So. But. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of excited for this episode. Because oh. I did a lot of talking in the previous two episodes, and I feel like you didn't really get to say much. And I know for a fact you have lots of things to say about characters. <laughs> I kind of do. The funny thing is I don't really follow lore that closely either. Yeah. Like, I'm very much a card person. Like, I've read a couple of lore of some of the sets, but I'm, uh, like, yeah. Uh, honestly, like, my... My war of the my vast war of the spark knowledge, at least for the novel, is actually from that drunk magic post or whatever it was, which was so. way more accurate than it had any right to be. Yeah, and also incredibly entertaining. Yeah, but I'm uh good. I don't remember what it was. It was on Reddit. It was uh like, uh, it was like uh, it was the... the war of the spark book break like uh drunk magic thing or something like that. I think is what he called it. Yeah, he this it's a guy who's done this before. He basically does like he yeah. do, he he tells the story if the story was being told by a drunk person. Yeah. Like Which, to some degree. And it, it's phenomenal. Like it is just great. Some of but, the best some of the best like fiction writing. Well, let's be real. It's basically fan fiction without, I mean it is, yeah. It's basically like some of the best fan fiction writing I've ever seen, so. Yeah. It it is pretty solid, man. Like to be fair, though, I don't have a lot to compare against it because the only uh, fan fiction for magic I have ever read was Jace Buys a Chair. I've... And it, 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 it was great. Um, <laughs> it, but, um, yeah. Okay. Mm. It, was, it was incredibly entertaining and well done. But, um, okay. All right. So, why don't we just... Do you want to just start with an overview or do you want to do that at the end? Well, let's let's just basically start with the set that it starts in and just work our way through the okay. years. All right, sure. All right, so we're we're going to kind of cheat a little bit here, we think. We're not 100% sure. Um, but we're going to actually start with Battle for Zendikar, Oath of the Gatewatch. Because um, I think the, the formation of the Gatewatch is incredibly important to the entire Bolas arc. Yes, it is. Like, it, it just matters so much to, for <laughs> setting up the story. Heroes define their villains. Villains define their heroes. Yep. Like and like you, you, you need one to have the other. Exactly. I mean, and you don't really you don't see Bolas here, even though like back in the day with some of the stuff he had a hand in it, whatever. Like yeah, he had a hand with the yeah. original reawakening of the Eldrazi, but we never found out why. Yeah. Like they never kind of went back to that, and they're like, he's like, oh yes, this is why I decided to awaken these horrifying monstrosities. Yeah. What was the reason? We never, we literally oh. never heard. Oh, I, I thought you said even back and said it, but okay, yeah. Okay. No, I, my theory is that it has something to do with him trying to learn about Ugin's magic. That could be it. Ugin All being right. his twin brother. Spoiler. Spoiler. We'll get to that one. <laughs> Where did that fall in in this list? I have a, I have an incorrect M19. list here. M- uh, M19 is where we found out that they were brothers. Yep, yeah, it was M19, but I'm looking at, uh, um, the wrong the wrong spot was all so 
Sorry. I suppose if we want to go truly all the way back to the beginning, it would actually be Cons of Tarkir. If we wanted to go truly all the way back to the beginning, it'd be Legends. Yes. Joke. Let's not do that. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, okay. But, yeah, let's let's do this one. Okay, so we have Battle for Zendikar, Oath of the Gate Watch. Um, Oath of the Gate Watch was the 69th expansion. Um, sorry. Nice. Uh, yeah, we're professionals. <laughs> so, the set was crap. <laughs> like, we'll be honest. But... Was it, and, though? It was not very good, man. We're, uh, we're, okay, we're not we're not going to get into that. We're yeah, not going to get like into the set. We're, we're we're looking at the story here. The story was fine. I enjoyed the story and the themes of the set. I did not not enjoy the story. I was happy I read it, but I was not like, "God damn, this was great." Um, we will get to that later. Oh yeah, it wasn't um, amazing. The story yeah. itself wasn't written remarkably well. No, but no. like the reading between the lines of what was going on story was good. Like I agree that too, and I liked. I, I honestly did like the general survival story of it to some yeah. degree. Um, I actually, as weird as it, it really did a good job of actually introducing the characters and who they were. It did. It, like you, you really got a sense of who Gideon was, and honestly, I think you needed Battle for Zendikar and and you needed Battle for Zendikar and you needed Dominaria at least. There are two stories I read. That's probably not a coincidence. Um, <laughs> to really appreciate war, what happens in War of the Spark, I think. Yes. And I think you really need Battle for Zendikar actually more than anything. Yeah, because you like that, like like you said, like that. Mm. It was the beginning of the magic mm-hmm. equivalent of the Avengers. That was the start yep. of the Gate Watch, and the Gate Watch's entire thing was they were going to form up to stop interplanar threats. Yeah. Like, what is effectively threats on a global scale, as it were. Yeah, it would, be, it would be the equivalent. I mean, they're, you know, just like any other superhero coalition. Yeah, you know, it's like, we're going to stop all these things. You know, we yep. will keep watch because six packs. Yep. <laughs> six packs, McAbs. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, like... The funny thing is, is uh, like I guess this arc was proposed way back. Like, bef- you know, it, the whole arc was proposed before like any of the, um, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff was like happening even. So, oh yeah, and like was set in motion, and people are all like, "You're copying it!" <laughs> like, yeah, and, and like they're like you're copying it. It's like actually this has been in you know creation for three years already. But thanks. Yeah. Like. Which, to be fair. Still doesn't doesn't mean they weren't copying the things oh. that the MCU was copying, because yeah. the MCU is copying comic book storylines. So you know who's a really yeah. big fan of comic books? Mark Rosewater. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he like you know he was a design piece on it, but like I'm sure a lot of the people from R and D are big fans of comic books too. Actually, the the Bola story arc was proposed by Doug Byer. Actually, really is what I read. Yeah. Who also is responsible as the lead designer for uh, Magic 2013? So um, I say, which also was like the first core set that was like, "Yo, dogs, look at all this bolus." Yep, exactly. Like, and yeah, so which and also was a friggin' phenomenal set. Um, but it like, gave, it gave the world Krinko. It gave the world Krinko. But I don't know. The, 
if nothing else, for all the sets, like the set did have a lot of failings. Like we'll just be honest with that. Like mechanically, and the story was was good, and the climax was kind of like, eh, weird. It's like we did it, and we're all happy, you know. I guess. Yeah. But like it was, it it didn't feel like a really good win, if that makes sense. No, it's it's just just to draw from it, the win was very very similar to the actual, you know, the first Avengers movie where they won, but half of New York City got destroyed. Yeah, kind of. Like yeah. that was not a good feeling win, and if it yeah. did feel good for you, you have problems. I mean, and it also was just like. It was just kind of like, oh, all this struggle, all this struggle, all this struggle, we win. Yep. Like there was no build up to like the to to that win, if that makes any sense. And I actually, there's another storyline I have a lot of complaint about that too, um, and it's one I liked, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, as I said, if nothing else, they did a good job with the themes of that story, and I I think, and they did. Um, I I just like the constant like, I don't know. I like those kind of. Survive, the survivor story sort of things and stuff like that and yeah just like Gideon trying to pull everyone together and make it so that it doesn't fall to bits and pulling himself completely apart going back and forth between Zendikar and Ravnica yeah trying to like hint hint, hint right yeah basically never sleeping like that was actually a big part yep. of one of the stories was he just yep. never he never even would take a nap yeah he couldn't stop like yeah. he just kept like, having to go he had to save two worlds mm-hmm so. Yeah, so I, I think the set did its job and it did it well enough. Yeah, it was or the story. It did. was fine. Yeah. It, was fine. It, it did what it needed to. Yeah. So um, after that, Shadows Over Innistrad happened. Yes. Okay. Um, it didn't really have anything to do with this arc, so I don't know what I want to say with it. But like, Jace played super sleuth and it was fun. Okay. I mean, well, the big important part of this in regards to the arc is it got Liliana in the Gatewatch. That's true, yeah. It got Liliana in. I mean, that was important because you had to get her in. Yes, that was a but... very big important part of the arc. So, that's kind of it. Okay. Alright, so next we have Kaladesh and Aether Revolt. So this is So, this is where things start heating up. Yeah, this is where oh, Chandra's involved, but I'm, I guess, um. <laughs> like they they went there for with the intent of like almost relaxing or something, didn't they? Like, uh, I'm not sure what the like, plan was. Like Chandra just like went home to go home, and then found out like a revolution was brewing, as it were. Yeah, maybe I think that's what it was. Which is funny because I don't think the revolution had actually anything at all to do with Bolas. No, it was the revolution li- didn't, but because he just basically was like Tezzeret, go get this thing. Well, he was Te- Tezzeret is and well was <laughs> an yeah. agent of Bolas. Yep, and he was just always on a mission from Bolas, and obviously, um, Kaladesh being a plane of artifice means that lots of cool little things are going to be created that Bolas might have a you know want as mm-hmm. it were, and it was all ran by i don't even remember what they were called the consulate yeah the consulate it was all ran by the consulate and um tezzeret was high-ranking member in the consulate oh okay uh he was the head judge as it were but he was Mm -hmm. he was the he was the judge of what the 
like what everyone's creation and stuff the, was. The Inventors Fair thing, yeah. Right? He was the judge of the Inventors Fair. Uh, Dovin was like the the judge of like making sure everything was actually proper and all that. And, yeah. Uh, this is where we get a really really sweet little line of text from Dovin Bon, where he says, "Give me six walkers and I will give you the city," on a uh-huh. card called Mechanized Production, which. Yep. Uh, people, we, Watsy never confirmed nor denied whether or not it was actually an allusion to the later on storyline of War of the Spark. But if it was, it's kind of sweet. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty spot on if they did that there. Yeah. So, but we have this whole thing where, uh, Sahili Rai, who is also a planeswalker, because, or no, not Sahili Rai, um, Rashmi. Rashmi Eternity Crafter who is not, not, a planeswalker. not a planeswalker but awesome she manages to craft a planar bridge that she doesn't even realize is a planar bridge at first which allows inorganic matter to traverse through the blind eternities yep slash or inorganic and organic i'm pretty sure it basically allows anything to traverse the blind eternities yeah. which previously wasn't possible yeah well it'll kill living things supposedly it will literally burn them away to dust yeah uh karn is immune to this because karn is like karn was originally created to traverse the blind eternities and he was made out of silver because the blind eternities don't affect silver for some no reason. that he was he was designed to travel t- travel time wasn't he uh it, he was able to he was that's was because silver wasn't affected by that I thought silver also wasn't affected by maybe it isn't. Either way, it was it was loosey goosey back in the day too. (laughs) They did whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah. Either way, planar bridge. Suddenly, things of a mass scale are able to be transported across the blind eternities without needing a planeswalker spark. And Bolas kind of had a hand in like giving Rashmi the ideas of crafting it. And once she crafted it, Tezzeret's like thanks and absorbed it into his body because that's a thing he can do with metal apparently apparently like, like okay. that's that's weird i'm just saying like uh-huh. the planar bridge is massive like yeah 10 stories massive and he just absorbed it into his body okay. what <laughs> magic <laughs> literally this time yep. but, yeah and this I mean, let I'm sorry. I'll say, and like this entire this this is when they also started like the story spot. Or no, they started the story spotlight before this. But this is where the story spotlight it ended in Aether Revolt. The last card was a card called Dark Intimations. Ah, uh, yes. Which was a Grixis colored card, and it showed basically Tezzeret standing in a place, and a broken piece of Kaladesh invention is like laying there making the bolus horns. Hmm. And Tezzeret is the gem in the middle of the horns. So. Yeah. Like, they were... That, this was like, hey guys, foreshadowing! Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think when everybody saw Tezzeret, they knew something was up, too. Like, yeah. like Because it's really obvious. One of two things happened. Either A, Tezzeret is somehow no longer bound to Bolas, which, lol. Lol. Or B, he's there because Bolas wants him there. Bolas, we'll B. yeah. Bolas told Tezzeret to go to New Phyrexia, and he said okay. So, yeah, <laughs> like this, what, this dude is crazy. <laughs> yeah, 
Like when Bolus, if he is able, if he is quotations willing to go to the plane ran by Phyrexians because Bolus tells him to, he's not breaking out of Bolus's clutches at any time. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> like yeah. So, but I mean, like, basically, the planar bridge was the piece for this story. Yes, it like, that was, was like the entire thing. That was part of his whole like. These are the things he needs to get what he wants. Yeah, everybody else blowing up shit is just like whatever. Yep, that just happened to be going on in the background. Bolas did not care about some pitiful revolution. Yeah, it's just it was like yeah, it's like this big important thing, and then like we're all focused on the civil war that's happening. But yeah, yeah. So it goes like. Uh, yeah, so it's like there's not. I mean, you kind of get to see some more of Chandra in the story, which is okay. She got a sweet but, card. It has four mm-hmm. abilities and costs four mana. So, illusions yeah. to Jace the Mind Sculptor were obviously drawn. Yeah. To be fair, she did see well. some modern play at one point. So did Jace. Yep. Um. So. I mean, that set was that set for. Yeah. Story wise, like it was, it was such a small piece of the whole thing, but it really, but it started showing the threads, if nothing else. Yes. Like this is where it all started kind of pointing. Cause I think when every, I think when you saw Dark Intimations, you're like, what? Yeah. It, like, it, where, where it, is he? You know? Yeah. That was like a very clear allusion to, all right, Bolus has his hand in this. What is Bolus doing? Yeah. Because Bolus, Bolus was the last big bad in magic. Yeah. You know, the Eldrazi don't count. They are a force of nature. Tezzeret doesn't count because Tezzeret literally worked for him. Yeah, like, so, like he is just Bolus's bitch like, yeah. <laughs> through and through. I mean, I I guess the Eldrazi, or not the Eldrazi, the Phyrexians are big bads, but they're like, yeah. You yeah. don't mess with Eldrazi unless you're going to have a lot of people die. <laughs> yeah, basically. Or become weird, disgusting things, but and then die. Yep. Okay. But all right. So let's move on. This is where it gets real. Yep. This is where we go to So let's just actually let's break this into two sections. Let's start with just Amonkhet. All right. Amonkhet itself. Yep. Was actually an interesting plane. Yes, I actually really like mechanically the set in and of itself I was like kind of like meh. Mm-hmm. And like aesthetically, to some degree, I was kind of like, eh, whatever. I'm not like really big into that whole thing. But like the whole story and the function of the plane was was in- very interesting. Yeah, like the plane had been previously ravaged by some sort of horrifying calamity, <laughs> which is not revealed yet. Uh, yet. The mana of the plane had been corrupted. This is something that like Nissa had a big problem with, where she couldn't connect with the ley lines of the plane because they were all warped and twisted by I think as she called it like a darkness, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, a single city was left on the entire plane, and that city existed for the sole purpose of killing people. <laughs> it's so. There's supposedly other cities. Uh, no, like, that was that was the only. There was the only other cities were cities of the dead. They yeah, were, like, I, I they thought were, there was. I thought there was. Fig- they figured there was, or like there was rumors of one other city out there, and then wherever the horse came from. 
I don't. I don't think I read anything about the horse. So <laughs> just that stupid horse that made horses or whatever. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The... Like uh, it. It talked about that coming from somewhere else. I think. Really? Yeah. I yeah. don't know about that one, but, but okay. I do. I do yep. know that as of current lore right now, every, else. Yep. everyone from that city is a refugee living in the desert. So. Yep. Sounds accurate. Yeah. So it's a city that exists for the sole purpose of killing people. Yep. Either you die in the trials by being a failure, or your reward for succeeding in the trials is death. Mm-hmm. You become one of the honored dead, as it is referred to. Yep. And this is where we learn that all the gods are a little weird. <laughs> uh, there's, there's also illusions. Like, throughout this story, we learn that uh, there were previously eight gods... Mm-hmm. Three of them just don't exist anymore. Like uh, someone had a vision or they had all the eight gods as shining stars and three of the stars were very, very dim. So mm-hmm. no one know what happened to them. And there's the other five who took over the five colors of magic yep. and all of their little things were kind of twisted. Um, the big one that is the big one that I actually really, really liked was Hazaret, where in mm-hmm. she was originally the god of like nurturing and love basically yeah like that was her entire big thing and instead she became like a a pseudo zealot but she still really cared for her worshipers Mm -hmm. i really like this because hazard was being portrayed as not the typical mono red mono red thing yeah like i'm gonna smash things and start stuff on fire yeah another reason why i really like i really like what they've done with the red gods because perforos was the god of creation yeah like not the god of destruction. He was the god of creation because creativity, yep. like that, yep. is a big thing in red, and I really like mm-hmm. that. And throughout I, this, I, I have but, to say, I really did like the gods in Amonkhet too. Like I think because they were all in their own way, um, like beneficent to everybody. Like yes. they were actually they actually looked out for their people, and like part of that was like Gideon's whole crisis of faith. Then throughout the whole thing, like yeah. You know, like, because you know, on you know, he's from Theros, and he's Theros used to gods, Heliod. <laughs> Theros gods are like Greek gods, which are basically dicks. Like, yep. they are one hundred percent assholes. Yeah, so it's it, like that whole piece was really, really interesting to me. Like, I, I liked that, like that conflict that he had to have himself. It actually made him a character for like sixteen seconds. So. But something other than a slab of yep. meat. Yep. And then all like also even the fact that like the, the black color line god was the what was like even you know gave a crap about people. Yeah. Like to she, some degree. Like she she gave a crap about people in the sense that she wanted people to realize the importance of looking out for themselves in succeeding mm-hmm. like her test was you literally had to kill one of your friends to pass. Yeah. That's <laughs> that is all it was. Yep. You just had to kill one of your friends. Mm-hmm. but she wanted you to succeed yeah <laughs> like, it, it was really as you said it's really kind of weird and off like the whole like when you when you got to it like and this was the intent it was designed very well very very well everything felt a little off yeah like and it was done mechanically and story-wise and everything like and as the pieces kind of unfold you realize what's going on yeah, this is also where we come to learn about the existence of something called the God Pharaoh, mm-hmm. who is a god above the gods. 
where everything exists for the sole purpose of honoring the god pharaoh <laughs> and the god pharaoh was going to return upon the setting of the second sun <laughs> which Amenket had two sons one of which literally never left the sky <laughs> so you know as you yep. do and when that happened, suddenly the hours of promise were going, or the hours of whatever the hell were going to start happening. Yeah. And that was Amaket. It was really weird. We got to meet Samet, who was a devout worshiper of the gods, but didn't know yep. if she believed in the god Pharaoh. We got to meet Jeru, who was a devout worshiper of the god Pharaoh and the gods. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it was a solid set. Yep. Good it was, story. It was good setup. Yeah. Like for for everything that was going to happen, and like honestly, with the God Pharaoh and stuff, we like we all like they knew they were going into Bolus's plane, so you know who the God Pharaoh is. Like, yeah, like with. like just nobody showed up expecting it to be like everybody's like, yay, God Pharaoh. Like they expected to show up and have it be like 1984. Like yeah, well <laughs> they ex they expected to show up into a fight, and the fight wasn't there. Yeah. Mind you, and this was the entire thing where Johnny told them, "Don't go there. You're not ready." Because yeah. Johnny's like, I fought him before, and I literally needed the power of an entire plane to disrupt what Bolus's was trying to doing, and I still only won because I made Bolus fight himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ajani knows what he's doing. Ajani is a good kitty. The good kids. All right. So, Hour of Devastation. This. This storyline contains my single favorite magic story i have ever read this this set is the peak of the of the bolus arc yes like it is just just top notch shit like <laughs> oh my god okay so this is where everything comes to a freaking head now yeah like, this is this is where we learn that uh nickel bolus is very much like the wu-tang clan he, he ain't nothing to fuck with <laughs> okay fair uh so the second sun sets yep and upon the second sun setting the gates to the promised land open yeah and out of those gates comes a demon this demon is one of the demons of Liliana's that has control has what part of Liliana's contract. What was this one? Razak. Uh, Razakath. Razakath. There we are. I'm like, uh, he performs a blood ritual, which triggers Bolus's final plan for Amenket. The final solution. And it awakens the three gods that were presu presumed dead. Yep. It awakens all of the honored dead who died which are now eternalized mm -hmm. and they literally start massacring every living thing on the plane they just start murdering the shit out of everyone like the story where this all starts is just like uh, it's multiple little mini stories all compacted yep. into one and it was some of the best writing 
like one of my favorite story things I've ever read, and it made me depressed. Yeah, because the story is incredibly depressing. That is, is why. Yeah, it is an extremely depressing thing. Like there's little glimmers of hope, but those and then are, they get snuffed out. Yeah, like, there's <laughs> like you're like, oh, maybe this. No, no. Oh god. Oh god. Like like it, literally like to summarize all the stories, it's basically like, oh no a truck is heading for this puppy and somebody is running to grab the puppy and they both get hit and killed by the truck. Yeah. Like that is literally the story. Like <laughs> retold multiple times. Yeah. It is just, Oh my God. And but it, it is, it's it done is in such a good way. It is so good like, because the thing is though, even though it, this, the, the outcome is incredibly dep- depressing. I think it, it really care like showed some of the characters in that story. Like, it gave and their determination. Yeah, like, it gave character to the nameless people. Yeah, like these weren't just faceless people being butchered. They were actual yeah. people with hopes and dreams and aspirations yes. that were then butchered. <laughs> yeah, but like, and like when you were playing the set, then too, like you see these these cards, you know, of the, of the uh, the people just trying to survive or whatever it is. Yeah, and you're like, oh man, I get them. Yeah. Like in some ways. It was really weird. Like it did such a good job of that. Yeah, like and all that happened and after all this horrifying devastation, after all the atrocities, after yep. they like like all but one god gets killed. Or no, uh one god just gets straight up murdered. Yeah. Just dead. Like well, the doesn't Bantu just get straight up uh, no, Ronus. Uh, Ronus uh, gets a scorpion stinger through his skull. Yeah. Like, just gets straight up wrecked. Yeah, he just dies. Like, the god of uh-huh. strength, using all of his strength and a spell to maximize his strength, struck the scorpion god, and the scorpion god got back up again. Yeah, and it was just like, and you're dead. It's like, like, <laughs> like, that was literally the precursor to, oh, oh, oh no one's safe. <laughs> this is bad. Like, yeah. So then, like, shortly after that happens, suddenly the god Pharaoh himself returns. Mm-hmm. And it is Big Daddy Bolas, and he towers over everything. Like, there is a very, very good reason why the Amonkhet invocation Omnipotence is Love Bolas. Top-notch shit. It's just Bolas, and he is the honest-to-true god of this plane, and there is no question. Yep. Bontu turns on um, Hazaret because all Bontu wants to do is, being, is be the number one in the eyes of the god Pharaoh, and Bolas looks at her out of the corner of his eye and flicks a claw and kills her. Yep. That is how little he cares. And then he encounters the Gatewatch. Yep. <laughs> and he bends them over. And, and spanks them. <laughs> he shatters Jace the freaking mind sculptor's mind. Well, he beats them all in their own way. He beats them all in, Yeah, he beats them all in their own way. He shatters Jace's mind. Uh, he laughs at Chandra for using fire against him, and I think he like breaks her arm. Yeah. He corrupts the mana as Nissa is trying to use it. <laughs> he looks at Liliana. He's like, "You know, if you fight me, you'll die, right?" And she's like, "Yep," and she leaves. And she's just like, "Peace," and just goes. Yeah. <laughs> and he basically like looks at Gideon. He's like, "You think you're invulnerable?" And she just pokes one of his claws through Gideon's 
up till this point, completely invulnerable shield. Yep. Just punctures his arm. Yep. Just every one of them, almost no effort whatsoever. Like, yeah. and he does all of this almost simultaneously. Yeah, he's just like, log get good. Like, he's in all of their minds all at the same time, beating all of them. And he's like, yeah, this is literally my plane that I have... I have had complete control over for the past 2,000 years. What do you think you can possibly do to me on it? Get on my level. Yeah, literally. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is the height of Bolus's like, true dominance and power is this set. Yeah. And this is also where he acquires the second part of his plan. An army. Yes, <laughs> a giant army of things that can go through a planar gate. Yeah, a giant army of el- of skeletons with- for the sole purpose of something. Yeah, we don't know yet. But f***ing a plane to death, that's what. Yeah. I tried saying, like, maybe he wants this ar- like he wants this already dead army to fight the Phyrexians because he realized that they're, a big- that they're a huge threat that not even he can stand up against. But I think that would require him to admit there's a threat that not even he can stand up against. So Yeah, that uh, seems unlikely. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so after that we go to... Oh, so yeah, everybody got spanked and ran away. Um, Jace in particular ran away to Ixalan, if I am correct, right? Yep. Which is our next set. Yep. The and, next we next we follow the literally has no memory Jace. Uh huh. The, the much more interesting than Jace. Jace. Yeah, an actual person. Yeah. With you know hopes and dreams and aspirations other than being annoying. Yes. And he encounters Vraska. Who, upon first seeing him, literally plans on petrifying him mm-hmm. until she realizes that he's not Jace because he doesn't even know what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And this is where, like, Jace actually grows as a character, decides that he has a scale fetish. I mean, hey, whatever. Edge do. No big deal, right? You know, to each their own. Yep. And we also learned that Vraska is there for a reason. She was sent by Bolus to find something. 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 Uh, the she doesn't even know what the something is, except for she has a compass that points to it. Once Jace <laughs> fixes it, because the compass the compass is actually broken when she has it. Uh, we learn that that something is actually the big MacGuffin of the entire plane. Yep. Uh, called the Immortal Sun, which literally every single race on this plane wants to find because they think that it will give them absolute power. Which it kind of does. But also kind of not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this thing, known as the Immortal Sun, was actually crafted and created by a previous planeswalker who gave up his spark back when sparks basically meant godhood to craft yeah. this thing. Uh, this spark is Azor. Or this planeswalker is Azor. As in Azorius. As in the Sphinx that created was part of the original creation of the guilds that rule the city of Ravnica. He has been around a year or two. 
he's he's a little old and he's literally been locked in a room for a long ass time waiting being bored because <laughs> his entire thing was he was working with Ugin mm-hmm. to try and imprison Bolus on Exelon. How did that work? Uh, the Immortal <laughs> Sun takes away the ability for planeswalkers to planeswalk. Yep. Bolus found out about this, murdered Ugin, <laughs> went to Exelon. Bitch slapped the shit out of Azor and left him there imprisoned on the plane. Get good. See you later. Because Bolas ain't nothing to fuck with. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So that went well. But suddenly Bolas is like, you know, a device that forces makes it so planeswalkers aren't able to planeswalk is probably useful. And I have I can probably find a use for that. Yeah. So he decides to send uh, Vraska to find it. And Vraska goes and finds it. Yep. Her and she, Jace have a lovely adventure. Yeah, her and Jace have a lovely adventure. We get to meet, we get to learn that, uh, much like Tarkir, actually, uh, uh, Ixalan has monkey like goblins, except they actually have tails on Ixalan and they don't have tails on They're basically monkeys. Tarkir. They're basically monkeys. <laughs> Except they can talk, and yep. they like cannons, which means they're goblins. Yeah. <laughs> um, Vraska finds it, releases, like, sets off some weird little interplanar, like, flashlight, which allows Tezzeret to find her, show up, open the planar p- bridge, pull the Immortal Sun through with him, and leave. Because... Tezzeret no longer planeswalks. Tezzeret travels purely through the planar bridge. Which he just, means, sk- just skips around. <laughs> yep, which means he doesn't, he's not affected by stuff like the Immortal Sun. Mm-hmm. And now Bolas has his third piece for whatever his gigantic freaking plan is. Yep. He has, he's basically collecting the magic equivalent of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, pretty much. Except he's doing it over a long duration instead of all in one movie. <laughs> Just uh, saying. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is going on a lot longer than I thought it would. I guess yeah. we have a lot to say about this. I mean, obviously we're doing some synopsis, but we got a lot of opinions. So um, we probably should wrap this up pretty soon. But I suppose we um, uh, we can give our opinions of the excellent story. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't read this one too much. And I was kind of like, eh, about the whole thing, really. Like, I didn't... I, I basically saw it was like, oh, look, Jace is the main character and wandered away. Yeah, like, the thing is, Jace was the main character, but it wasn't Jace as Jace as the main character. So it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I would normally think it was going to be. Um, the whole love story thing was not really what I, you know, watch and pay attention to magic lore four, so I was kind of off it, but Well I do. I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean like all the other stuff going on was kind of interesting. It actually left some really interesting threads for other things if we ever wanted to return to Ixalon. Oh we will definitely. On 
I'm, this is actually something that I thought of while watching this. I kind of want to go to a plane that isn't dominated by freaking planeswalkers. Like, I want to go to a plane not because there's planeswalkers there, but because there's a good story there. Like, does that make me weird? Kind of. Like, kind of get... I don't gonna, know what you're saying. This is going to sound weird, right? But okay. Kamigawa had a storyline that wasn't driven by planeswalkers. It was driven by stuff happening on the plane. Yeah. Uh, the original Ravnica had a storyline that wasn't dominated by planeswalkers. It was just stuff happening on the plane. Return to Ravnica had a storyline that wasn't dominated by planeswalkers. It was stuff that was happening on the plane. And then Jay showed up. And then Jay showed up. Like, suddenly the only reason we ever go to a plane is because there's planeswalkers on it. You know why that is? Because planeswalkers sell. Well, that's this long and short of it. But basically, the reason is is that when you have an intellectual property, you want to have continuity of story. This is true. So that people have something to follow. And the way the magic system works is that everything is isolated except for these people that can walk between it. So what do you do? Well, you have a cast of characters that is reoccurring that can go between the planes and jumpstart your stories for you. That's fair, but can't can't we just like have them go there and like be an observer to the story and not the catalyst for the story? Like, think of Theros. So I was gonna say, so basically, like Shadows over Innistrad. No, because those were the catalyst. Or Planeswalkers were the catalyst. They were they were more observers than they were catalysts. There was a lot just happening there. Soren and Nahiri. Oh, sorry. I forget Soren actually is a planeswalker because he's just kind of like part of Innistrad. He is. Like, he very much is. But Nihiri was one hundred percent the catalyst of everything that was going on. Yeah, that was. But like that, eh, I don't. Like, know. That one felt better though. Like think of Theros though. Yeah, there were planeswalkers on Theros. They were basically just there for the story. Like the main story, mm-hmm. yes, it revolved around a planeswalker, but not because he was a planeswalker. He gave up his planeswalker hood to become a god. Because that was more important to him than being a planeswalker on the plane of Theros. Like yeah. everything going on on Theros has was more about god drama than planeswalker drama, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that. See, I don't know. Like you have to kind of look at it too, because we're in the you're in the middle of a giant arc about your main cast of characters. You are yes, which I like, understand also. Like now that they're out of it, who knows what this next is going to be? But it could be a one off thing. Yeah. Like and honestly, Shadows of Instruct was really a one off thing. It was, like, yes. Like, it was much less about the Planeswalkers yeah. doing their thing and stuff like that. It was there to, like, wrap up the Eldrazi storyline, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But not really. But not really. She's still there. In case I mean, honest, like, I don't know. Maybe I just view it different. Like, I don't mind it. I kind of like it as it is to some degree, but, like... I feel like at least this, the sets that I've really paid attention to are actually more just the planes kind of doing their things and the planeswalkers show up and kind of like help out. True. They use, I suppose like they show up for their own thing, but there's other things going like, on. I mean, if you think about Kaladesh, like honestly, like Chandra showed up and was like, Hey, let's all blow stuff up together. And she's like, hi mom. Revolutions are awesome. Aren't they? And her mom's like, yes, <laughs> let's avenge your father. Uh PRB what do we, burning what do we people say? alive. Yeah, I just like I just think of the drunk man thing. And what do we say, honey? The police. police. <laughs> uh, that but, was better than it had any right to be. It really was. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Ixlan was fine overall. It was kind of another one of those like 
like Amonkhet was really like this is about the Bolasark and like and Ixalan and Kaladesh were like there's stuff happening and here's the scavenger hunt to find the pieces that we don't know about. Yeah. So plus we learned without a doubt that ninjas are better than pirates. Because the power level of the ninja and ninjutsu mechanic is so much higher than the power level of the pirates. Sure. Just say. You're allowed to just say that. But you're allowed to say a lot of things. So, all right. If anyone's um, proved me wrong, build a pirate commander deck, and I'll play my Yuriko commander deck, and we'll see which one wins. No. Um, <laughs> so, why don't we wrap this one up? We right. can uh, talk about the rest of the arc next week, I guess. So. Um, if you want to shoot some feedback, send us an email to thelocalmeta at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at thelocalmetapc. Check out thelocalmeta.com. Find a link to the Discord, all of our uh, episodes, fun stuff like that um, there. And yeah, John? Anything else? Nope. Okay. Yep, I'm good. All right, sweet. We will catch you next time. See you.